So, um, you thinking of getting a new model? I was thinking hey? about it, but I'm I'm kind of attached to this one. You know, so- when you've had something for years, yeah, you know, bits of it aren't working very well anymore. Excuse me, it's getting on a bit. Oh, I know it's. Got- it be 60 soon. I mean, uh, um, it, yeah. uh, I am here, you know. I'm a person, a human being, not a Volkswagen Beetle. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this, the latest in a long, long line of staggering stories so and podcasts. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I, yes, I am... Stain. Oh, <laughs> he's a birthday boy. Oh, will yeah. will be tomorrow. Birthday boy. Very yeah. old. Oi. Shall we have a quick round of happy birthday to you? Mm, you like one, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Dickie. Happy birthday to you. You'll be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't started coughing yet. <laughs> and we have no crumbly this evening no. because I think he's on Mars. Mars? Is there life on Mars? Well, there is because Crumbly's there. Oh, well. <laughs> but he'll be with us next time, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but in the meantime, here is the news. With El Presidente. Doctor Who. Oh, yep. New games detailed. Ooh. The two upcoming Doctor Who computer games have now shed a few details in our general direction. Doctor Who, the edge of reality is being brought to us by the same team as last year's VR title The Edge of Time oh again we're better than time reality (laughs) they're running out of edges yeah they are (laughs) namely Maze Theory (sighs) this time they are dumping the VR aspect but otherwise appear to be reusing a lot of the assets one of those is Jodie Whittaker who will be back as the guiding voice of the Doctor but now she oh god I've just made it go small sorry <laughs> she doesn't do it for you. <laughs> to say that. <laughs> She's a very attractive woman. You're just <laughs> oh, the wrong button on the tablet. So... <laughs> That's when you were uh, named the wrong yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jean. One of those is Jodie Whittaker, who will be back as the guiding voice of the Doctor. But now she will also be joined by Vintage Doctor David Tennant. Vintage Doctor. Vintage. vintage. Yeah. He is. He's old. He is. Like a fine wine. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> the edge of it. <laughs> I went there for a moment. I'm not sure where. The What's edge it always of... talking French and making wine? <laughs> Shut up. The Edge of Reality will launch on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch and Steam in spring 2021, if 2021 isn't cancelled. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk of next-gen consoles perhaps being added later. For those of you with modern smartphones or a Nintendo Switch, you may well find yourselves tempted by the other new game, Doctor Who, The Lonely Assassins. Can you be lonely if there's more than one of you? (laughs) 
Can you be deadly you if you're an assassin? Well, I you, don't know. You can be lonely in a crowded room. You can be a lonely assassin, but if you're lonely assassins, there's more than one of you, so how can you be mean lonely? they're all together in the same place. They could be scattered across the world. Could be. Which is a very lonely existence. Hello, anyway. listener. This is my life. Pity me. This found phone game will find you unravelling the mystery of Wester Drumlins, aided mm-hmm. by special shot live action footage of Petronola Osgood. Yay. You will find yourselves in a sequel to the little known Doctor Who story called Blink, mm. I think it was. Never heard of it. <clears throat> Never heard of it. No. The Lonely Assassins by Keegan Games will appear on Android, iOS and Nintendo Switch also around spring 2021. Mm. Excellent. Star Trek news. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wanting little kiddies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having seemingly failed to tempt young people with their STD, now the Star Trek franchise is trying to attract them with Star Trek colon prodigy. You do know you're going to hell, don't you? Well, yes. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> just me, then. <laughs> this animated series will not be appearing on CBS All Access or Paramount Plus as it is soon to become, but instead on Nickelodeon. Mm. To add to this surprise, they are also enticing the little children with Star Trek B-lister Captain Catherine Janeway as played by Kate Mulgrew. B-lister? She's not an A-lister, is she? She's not uh, She's a captain! Damn yeah. it, she will pay her the respect she is due. She's not even so I'm scary, going to read that again. <laughs> with Star Trek A-lister Captain Catherine Janeway as played by Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew, perhaps expecting writing akin to Shakespeare in this children's programme, said of this... I have invested every scintilla of my being in Captain Janeway, and I can't wait to endow her with nuance that I never did before in Star Trek colon Prodigy. She didn't say the colon. <laughs> the CG animated series will follow a group of teens who somehow commandeer a, a disused Starfleet vessel and use it for their own escapades, presumably with Janeway taking an overly keen interest in them. Prepare to return the cheese to sickbay sometime in 2021. Mm, odd one, it's yeah. clearly aimed yeah. at a much younger audience. Yeah, well, it's Nickelodeon, isn't it? Nickelodeon, yeah. 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 So Lower Decks is really for Grown normal ups. Star Trek fans. <laughs> Grown-ups, yeah. Yeah. Well, this definitely is not. So she, she's going to be the mother figure. Is she going to be like yeah. a games master? She's <laughs> Maybe. She's going to appear in a on a cloud every now and then when <laughs> is, they're in a... Well, a is this their version, Star Trek's version of Sarah Jane Adventures? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Could Maybe, be. but they took one of the most beloved companions for that. Yeah. yeah. They didn't take one of the most beloved captains for this one. No. <laughs> Will you stop putting down Janeway? <laughs> I went for the one they could afford. <laughs> she could be a hollow captain, sort of pop up every now and again. You'd yeah. be like Mr. Ben, yes. like the shopkeeper. And yeah. if by magic, Janeway appeared. <laughs> Frank Windsor. Dead. Dead. Yes. Frank Windsor Higgins. Oh, I never knew that was yeah. his name. Famous for thousands of over 50s life insurance policy adverts, has cashed in at the age of 92. A damn good innings. Yeah. Besides so, so many daytime TV adverts, Windsor was also famous for his roles in Zed Cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been off Softly, Softly and Softly, Softly Task Force. Yeah. Along with such classics as The Avengers, Randall Hopkirk, Deceased. Afra Andromeda, The Goodies, Casualty, mm-hmm. and EastEnders. Yep. I think Frank Windsor has actually died three times in Casualty. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> for the likes of us, he will be best remembered for two stints in Doctor Who. 
1983 as Ranulph Fitzwilliam in The King's Demons, mm-hmm. and 1989 as Inspector Mackenzie in Ghostlight. Oh, yes, the cream of Scotland Yard. He's another one of those character actors that a lot of people already recognise. Yeah, no, <laughs> a lot of people will recognise the face but wouldn't necessarily have recognised yeah. the name to yeah. go with it. He's been well, in everything. Maybe not his day age. Back in the 60s, 70s, everybody would have known his name. Yeah, well, I mean, mm. Softly, Softly Task Force, was that the one where they looked at case real life? cases. I've no idea. Frank Windsor and one of the other ones, I can't remember his name, from Zed Cars, Softly Softly, looked at real life cases and tr- tried to analyse them. That's weird. In the characters? As the characters. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the Princes in the Tower, the Jack the Ripper murders, mm. um, there was something else as well. That sounds yeah. fascinating, actually. Yeah. I wish I'd seen that. Yeah. Early 80s, I think, mm. late 70s. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, rings a bell. Any addendums? Uh, well, you've used up one of my addendums. Okay. Uh, oh, mate. Uh, STD is back this month. I think they're oh, running yeah. trailers for yeah. it. Yes, there was one at the end of Below Decks. Yeah, Below Decks. Below Decks. Yep, yep, yep. Tonight so. is Jodie Watarka's Who Do You Think You Are on BBC yes, One. Yes, yeah, in about 23 minutes. So uh-huh. again, miss that. <laughs> Watch it on Catch Up. I was going to say, iPlayer is a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there is uh, news from the front of... Minister of Chance. Oh, oh yes! Apparently yeah. it's been re-released as a podcast. Yeah. For free, of course, as being a podcast. Okay. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, we'll put a link in the show so you yeah. can download it as a podcast and listen to it. Yay. Chance content for it's free. A, it's a sequel to Death Comes to Time. Yeah. Which was the yeah. BBC Doctor Who Wasn't it a, audio. a Kickstarter or that sort of thing? Yeah, they were trying to do something with it. Yeah. And that's the end of the news. In our spare time, <laughs> we have taken to listening to many a big Finnish audio. Mm-hmm. This time, we decided we'd listen to one of those things that isn't an audio drama, but is just someone reading a story. Still from Big Finish? No. No, no. it's BBC. This time, we decided to listen to something <laughs> that wasn't an audio drama. So we nipped over to the BBC collection and found Pest Control, as read by David Tennant. Pause for music. Turns out this is actually the first one they did, especially for audio. Yes. Yeah. Oh. This range, yeah. yeah. The BBC Books new series, Adventures. Well, I up, thought it was excellent. Yeah, up to now they'd just been adapting the books, I yeah. think. Mm. Yeah. The original written books for the uh, new series. This is written ground up as an audio, to be read by David Tennant alone. Yeah. The difference between The Big Finish and these, for any listeners that aren't aware, The Big Finishes tend to be an audio play. So you've got lots and lots of different actors playing the voices, you're getting sound effects and all the rest of it. This is an audio book so you have one person reading the story doing various voices and you do get some sound effects in but it's not a play it is more of an audio book i thought his impression of the 10th doctor was spot on <laughs> wasn't it just very very good but my one and only quibble with the entire thing was that his impression of donna started off really good i was very impressed with it by the end of it, she sounded like Ben Jackson. <laughs> he kind of lost track of her, how London, her London accent was, and turned her into a sailor. <laughs> yeah, it was She's a bit. hanging around docks a bit. <laughs> so basically, um, it started off initially, I thought, oh, we're in World War One. Trenches, mud, mud yeah. brown uniforms. Horses. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then they mentioned they were on another planet, so I thought perhaps it wasn't World War One, But it was a war on another planet. Mm-hmm. Humans. Be centaurs. Yeah, essentially. Bacabi, weren't they? 
Wakabi. Basically centaurs. 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 Yeah, with a, a mutual, third. a third party, a mutual enemy. Yeah. I do love like, Donna's line, they're parachuting horses at us. <laughs> Who parachutes horses? Well, that's the thing. The, fe- the feel of this, the dialogue, especially for Donna, was absolutely spot oh, on. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. You could hear her saying it, even over David Tennant's dodgy um, Bermondsey <laughs> accent. <laughs> it's quite surprising, given this is the first audio to feature Donna. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah, yeah. she only had a very small period. Yeah, obviously they knew her a bit from uh, Runaway Bride, hmm. but that's a bit of a different Donna to what yeah. we, we yeah. finally ended yeah. up getting in Series 4, so yeah. Well, I, I hope they do more, because Donna's one of my favourite companions, and if this is an example of how they write her, then yeah, they've let's done, do more. They've done a couple of read by Catherine Tate, roughly around the same period. Who, mm-hmm. funnily enough, does a very good Donna Noble impression. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like this. I liked when the reader actually puts a bit of effort into it, and yeah. he did act the different roles, the mm. different places. Yeah. What annoys me is there's a couple out there where it's just the guy sitting there reading the book without any inflection uh, or yeah. tone to their voice, which mm. helps you fall asleep. <laughs> I don't yeah, want yeah. that. I want to listen to... And I got a feeling at one point... What was the surgeon's name? Grud? Drudge? The Grud- Grudge was the general. Oh, Grudge uh, was the general. Lenova? Lenova. That was yeah, it. Lenova. Lenova. He did seem to be channeling Beryl from the League of Gentlemen from Lenova. <laughs> Beryl? Beryl. The, the unemployment officer. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was that sort of inflection type of <laughs> type of nastiness is the only yeah. way you can describe it. I've heard a couple of these. I've heard uh, the Feast of the Drowned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some Matt Smith ones. I've heard one with Donna. I find these are better when they're read by either a doctor or an assistant. Yeah. There's one or two that have been read by Troughton. Yeah. Peladon Troughton. Who's David. David Troughton. <laughs> yeah. Because you have just got a book being read you haven't got that association with the doctor's voice or the assistant's voice it it was much more of a book then than an adventure yeah. whereas where if, if it's the 10th doctor it's story like it's read by the 10th yeah. like they're narrating or yeah. if it's Donna Noble and it's Catherine Tate you've got that link into the story it's a bit more like some of the big finishes where they get old companions back to do yeah. the companion mm. chronicles yeah so it's like they're telling the story one thing I, I did find myself doing was playing a little game oh. is how many times times does the doctor breathe his, his dialogue was, the cat sat on the mat the doctor breathed and it, it happened a fair few times interesting because uh, this is written for audio so why did they yeah. need to put that in I wonder Again, this one's the first one, so maybe yeah. the uh, guy wasn't used to yeah. writing for. Well, they the, hadn't they hadn't decided what the format would be yeah. at that Perhaps, point. Yeah, yeah. that's it, almost a direction for the reader rather than something he needs to say out loud. Yeah, yeah. there was descriptive elements of it that reminded me of the Doctor's daughter, where they were fighting. There was a bit where they're describing the cathedral-like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. ..where the insects were, and that reminded me of that to an extent. And there was elements of it that were almost Khaled Thal... Yeah. ..where you had these two forces that were almost in perfect balance Mm. and basically were just mutually obliged to exterminate each other. Yeah, until until you got rid of the people in charge and then... Yeah, yeah, when the the human second-in-command was forced to take over, he proved himself to be a good leader yeah mm. the general was 
a bigoted racist. Totally. Basically. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Who would have just got everyone killed. Yeah. I did like all, all the horse puns as well. Something about the tenor's doctor, I think, does that more often. Yeah. I, f- I found yeah. after a while I bridled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Oh, thank you. I'm here I, all The week. only thing I'd <laughs> say about these is if you buy them new, they're about £10. Are they? Okay. If you buy a big finish, they're about £10. Yeah. But there's a lot more gone into producing a big finish yeah. than there has into these. True. In terms of there's a larger cast, the, all the effects, the production and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. There was at one point where a lot of these were being given away free with the sun and Radio Times and and that kind of stuff and Telegraph. They are worth listening to if you can get them secondhand. I'm I'm not sure they're worth 10 quid unless you've got 10 quid. Yeah. You don't mind spending out. But if you were sitting there going, oh, do I buy this or do I buy a big finish? I personally would go to the big finish because you get the download version and you're getting a bit more bang for your buck as they say i think maybe also i think there's a difference in where they're aiming it this is very much aimed at the general young doc two fan maybe yeah mm. whereas big finish is aimed at the real enthusiast so they they tend to more slot into the that particular yeah. period mm. more callbacks references more sequels and stuff like that whereas this is very much just the same market as their their original books yeah which mm. are sort of the teens yeah it's yeah. about two hours long it's 150 minutes. The yeah. special, the sound effects of the humans turning into oh, yeah. into oh, yeah. bugs. That was that was, yeah. that was very um, squelchy. The, the ripping, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. and Donna's friend, the the uh, soldier that Donna befriended, yeah. who ended up dying oh, yes. as a Insecting. as an insect. They, she was there were there were several good secondary characters. Yeah. I, mm. I thought this would make quite an interesting Doctor Who. Episode. I thought it, it was yeah, it, it could quite it was transferable as a as a on screen easily transferable. Not sure how the well screen. they'd do the robot or the centaur creatures. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Zena oh, gave Z- it a I good go. Say, <laughs> I mean, it looks terrible now, but back then that wasn't a bad old go. Yeah. And there's yeah. another one in. I, I can't remember if, if it's Tennant or Smith. Feast of the Drowned. Mm-hmm. Tennant. That would make a very very good. Doctor episode, and I think I actually prefer that to this one. Okay. That's much more of a, a Doctor Who type story. No. But no, I, I enjoyed listening to this. Yeah, it makes a nice change from being a play, so yeah, to speak. It does. Yeah, and it's it was a bit of a golden age. You may not have realised it at the time, but it's sort of a period. Yeah, up through Matt Smith. I don't know when they stopped, but we didn't really get any of these for no. uh, Capaldi's Doctor. No, no, they they just certainly Capaldi didn't read any. I don't think. No. So there may have been a few, but... Okay, so that was Pest Control, available from... BBC. We'll put a link in the show notes. And we'd like you chaps to listen to it so that you can tell us what you thought of it. Do you know how you can do that? (laughs) You can write to us via show at staggeringstories.net. Jean's got a new game. Oh, yeah. Mm. She's made notes and... Sh- I have a game. I have a oh, game. Oh, smash. We can have a go at the game. It isn't so much a new game. I apologise to Richard Osmond and House of Games for the total and utter plagiarism that's going on here. <laughs> we <laughs> never plagiarise anything. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you a question. Literally I'm going to is make what we're sta- doing now. <laughs> I'm going to make a statement, uh-huh. but I'll be reading it backwards, Ooh. and it will be a Doctor episode or something that's sci-fi related. You've got to give me the answer backwards. Oh, 
So, could we have lots of one-word answers? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh. Is it the entire words read backwards, or does each word is in reverse? Just order? each word. So I don't expect you to actually pronounce the words backwards, just not in, in <laughs> the reverse. Because in the reverse you... order would probably be better to say. So the reverse oh, okay. order. Okay. But if we did it that way, we could make people rewind the we tape could. and listen to it. <laughs> so this one's. I think this one's an easy one, nice and short for you. Right. Star, small, coloured, a not. Dwarf red. Yes. Okay, right, yeah, yeah, right. Not a coloured, small star. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Doctor and SJS for Encounter Egyptian Anne. Oh, uh, Mars Mars of of Pyramids. pyramids. (laughs) Who who got that one? Keith can have it because he's old. He might die soon. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor the On, Happy Trigger gets Incarnation Future Doctors A. I can't remember the name of the episode. Oh, nut bollocks. Doctor the On. Jadoon? No. No. Happy Trigger gets Incarnation Future Doctors A. Because it's it's Infinity of Arc? Yes. There you go. And the last one, Fleet Star in like really our crew, the what? Decks below. Decks uh, lower, sorry. <laughs> not one. <laughs> Did you not understand that? Yes, I understood it, but as my brain is uh, circulating, the. It just sounded like she was talking normally. <laughs> so I think Kevin won that one. I think Kevin Yeah. Won. Sorry. <laughs> is it is that too taxing for this summer night? Yes. No, I, I enjoyed it. I quite like the idea. There again, I've had the day off because of the workmen, so have spent the entire day watching Storage Hunters and David Tennant being Dennis Nasty. Nielsen. Okay. Oh, well, Nielsen ratings. The, the last answer on that one, I think, leads us, as they say. Conveniently. It does, because we've been watching... Lower Decks. Pause for music. Before we came over for the podcast, we were all talking about Lower Decks without Adam. All right. You know, he was here. <laughs> and I suggested that I should pretend to have hated it just for balance. <laughs> but I can't, I can't do that. I no. can't do that because my enthusiasm is bouncing everywhere. <laughs> this is probably my favourite Star Trek ever. Ever? Wow, okay. Ever. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I'm probably in the same camp. Well, I'm not sure I get that far. I quite enjoy it, but... Uh... It's wonderful. So, so should, we, should we lay the ground? Explain to yeah. dear listener what Lower right. Decks is. Well, it's animated for a start, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened since the 70s. late 60s or early 70s. 70s. And we're... There's a nice callback to that in the final episode. Yeah. There yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the Starship Cerritos. Yes. And it's really funky because on the top of the starships in this universe, they have coloured lines showing you what sort of ship they are. Yeah. This is a command vessel, so it's got a yellow line. And they meet... Um, uh, ops, ops, actually. Ops. Oh, sorry. And a science vessel would have a blue line yep. mm-hmm. and a suicide squad would have a red line. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Cerritos um, has, of course, a fantastic Starfleet command crew. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They're all Bridge brilliant. Yeah. Captain Freeman... And her uh, second-in-command, Ransom. Ransom. But on the lower decks, there are... 
the little people. <laughs> There's Mariner, mm-hmm. who you can tell is a bad sort because she rolls up her sleeves on her uniform. Mm, yeah. yeah. And Boimler, who one day is going to be captain of the universe, but at the moment is a bit of a rimmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just a tad, yeah. And is it Rutherford? Uh, yeah, I've got Rutherford, yes. yes. Yep, he's just become a cyborg. He's lost an eye and has got a, an implant now. Uh, he's uh, getting the, used to it. The implant, I think we need to point out, is Vulcan, because one of his ears is round and the metal ear is actually pointed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Tendy, who... Is she um, Orion? Uh, she's must Orion. Be, must be, I think yeah. so, yeah. she's, she's very green. She mm-hmm. is. And they are... Oh, they're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically useless, but also very, very good at their jobs. They're excellent Starfleet, but they're not getting anywhere. And this is about their adventures and misadventures as they travel through the universe. <laughs> One important point we should mention is Captain Freeman oh, is yes. Mariner's mum. Mother. Secretly, apparently. Yes. And And her father is an admiral. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But she's managed to get herself demoted and is trying to Bart Simpson her way through. (laughs) (laughs) The the main job of the USS Cerrito is second contact. That important Mm -hmm. thing of second second contact. contact. Where you sign the paperwork and do the deals and build all the bits. Cross the T's, dot the the I's, make sure the race's names. None of that dodgy first contact malarkey, the important second. Well, they did a a wonderful (laughs) shout back to um, the original series because they went to the planet where the um, computer Landru had taken over. And um, they went back and they've all regressed back to (laughs) (laughs) pre-Kirk and Spock. Red hour again. There are some nice easter eggs in this oh, there's loads, one, oh, loads of there's that. one bit where one of the characters is humming to herself and it's I think Zon finally get, is in canon Oh, the Vulcan. The Vulcan. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit of background. Uh, when Star Trek Phase 2 was happening back in the late 70s, Leonard Nimoy didn't want to be associated with Spock anymore. Mm-hmm. So they wrote in a character uh, a full Vulcan called Zon, who would be his replacement. When it swapped to being a film and Nimoy managed to renegotiate his royalties, he decided (laughs) he wanted to be in it. So they dropped Zon. Zon never existed. He's no longer canon. Yeah. And he's mentioned in Lower Decks. There's a lot of mention of of well-known characters to us. Yeah. Why they should be well-known to these characters, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, you have the, um, when they're um, taking evasive manoeuvres, it's Sulu... Sulu Alpha tw- Sulu 20. Alpha 2 or something yeah, is, yeah. A, is an evasive manoeuvre. No. You have little cameo appearances from the likes of Q. Yes. Yeah. Who was wonderful. John Delancey himself. John, yeah. yeah. We yeah. discover Miles O'Brien was the most important man in Starfleet. <laughs> we don't know why. Salt vampires. Salt, Salt vampires. vampires are back. Yeah. They do and twice. Troy and Riker, uh, t- that was wonderful. <laughs> that was really good. They, they come to the rescue on the... Um, the USS Titan. At the end, yeah. just in the nick of time. Riker's captain, Troy's his number one. Yeah. <laughs> it, Riker knows Mariner. There's lots of spoilers here, by the way. We're yeah. just yeah. telling you everything. <laughs> um, Riker knows Mariner because um, that's she, she gets all her contraband from him. Yeah. And uh, it's the look on his face when Troy says, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a Star Trek fan, 
it's a fun comedy romp. Yes. I think you'd like you, it. If you are a Star Trek fan, like I said, there are so many bits and bits. You can watch the episode a couple of times and pick out new oh, yeah. Easter eggs and new references. So many things. Can I just say, um, reverting back to our, our, our review of Pest Control, we forgot to mention mm. that when they arrive on the planet, the Doctor oh, yeah. introduces them as Dr. McCoy and Captain, Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Lower Decks. Yeah. Which has got a second season. Oh, oh good. good. That's good, so good, good, good. good. Four days ago, it was announced that there's some of the characters that are going to be in the second season. Your Comic Con, no doubt. Mm. Virtual. But yeah, if you're not a Trekkie... If you're not really into Star Trek, it is actually still a fun yeah. it really animation is. series. Like, uh, the spider, don't phase it because you'll spoil the milk mm. <laughs> yeah. while he's being gummed. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one because it does feel like Star Trek. It feels quite next-gen-ish, yeah. but yet it's still quite Rick and Morty-ish as well. It is, it, it, there it is, is a very strong Rick and Morty it's not vibe quite running so adult. through it. No. Well, the opening <laughs> credits... They swear as well in this. They do. You get bleeped in the one night. bleeped. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you bleeping it? on CBS All Access. Really. Well, it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> what I like, it's not bleeped, it's booped because you have a, a, a computer sound effect. Oh, you, you, you don't get beep, you get whenever think, they try to say, I think to it's swear. deliberate on that whole play on the fact that in the Star Trek universe, on the TV series, etc., no one swears mm-hmm. because we have moved beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is, you know the Below the Decks crew of it. She said, I hate this Beeping, beeping, <laughs> the hot bananas. Sorry, sorry, Big one. Hot bananas. <laughs> when you first get Boimer, he's working doing maintenance on a replicator that is firing out oh, yeah. Yeah. very, hot very hot bananas. bananas. Yeah, yeah. But the the um the opening credits are just so funny. You've got uh, the Cerritos approaching a battle where the Romulans are fighting the Borg, <laughs> yes. and it majestically turns and runs away. Yeah. It's getting sucked into a black hole because yeah. someone forgot to put the shields up or there's something attached and there's to the a, there's warp there's that thing yeah. attached to the yeah. warp nasal clearly feeding off of it <laughs> and as it zooms past the camera the thing looks at the camera <laughs> yeah, just as it disappears <laughs> off it looks at you <laughs> oh but some of the cast is good you've oh, got yeah. Um, yeah. Jack Quaid who um, we're watching at the moment in season two of The Boys yep. 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 he plays Boimler you've got oh Vern from Stand By Me is Rand some Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, yeah, from Sliders. Tawny, what's her name? Is, <laughs> um, that's the one. Uh, is Mariner. But it's something you mentioned to me, and one of the reasons you liked it is that the two very strong women characters. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the characters are just characters, and the women characters are, they're just excellent. It's, it's the first time, even... Janeway, even when you had Janeway on the Voyager, Chakotay and Paris were there to do all the the tough yeah. guy stuff. <laughs> but with this, Mariner, yeah. I know she's only a cartoon, but Mariner is very capable of holding her own, she, and she, 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 she does. You, yeah, you yeah. could you could drop her in the middle of a desert, and she'll quite happily and comfortably stroll home. Yeah, she she's the alpha. Boimler's a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boimler is the complete opposite. He's wonderful, though. The bit where the episode where he was um he set up a hollow 
holodeck program oh. so he could practice for an oh, interview. Oh, the, the uh, clippy takeoff, yeah. <laughs> Was he badgy. Badgy, yeah. Badgy. Yeah. 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 But Evil the, badgy. The, the, I love that one because it was a film, even down to the lens flare. You noticed the lens flare in Oh, that I didn't know. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And you've got so the majestic good. open credits, the big bombastic music, mm. and you had lens flare. Yeah. Mm. And you had the, the names of the actors were in cursive. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> We we really really as you can tell have enjoyed this one and I'm so glad there's a second season. So to it. It, it, it is at the moment it's not available for any. No, we didn't watch it. We, legitimate no. means. Yes, yeah, so that's all. Just been told UK. about it. Yeah, it's being done by CBS, um, CBS Worldwide. So it's not on Netflix in America. They are looking at getting it globally. So at the moment it's not really clear if it's going to come out to. A terrestrial channel to Netflix, Amazon, or Prince County Rugby Netflix. Just Blu-ray it. <laughs> yeah, it may well end up because there's a CBS channel on Sky, so it may end up being a Sky CBS. Maybe. Don't know. I, I expect if it's going to be anywhere, it would be on uh, Amazon. Yeah. Mm. But if not there, then who knows? But they are looking. They do want it um, for worldwide release. So I bet they do. It must be a hard sell, though. Animated Star Trek. Star Trek hasn't done particularly well for, say, for Netflix or even well, Amazon. I gather to then make it even more niche, to make it animated. I say, I think this is far oh, damn better than well, anything could... they've done in the real yeah, world for indeed, a long time. Indeed, I think most people seem to think that too. Yeah, it, it's it strikes me as quite interesting because there was when it first appeared, looking through the associated fan press it was there was quite a hostile reaction to it but like we, but, like yeah. we said the, watching these, it it's these were the sort of people who um bitched and moaned when next gen came out yeah you know it's yeah. just yeah. they're the same as doctor who fans who yeah. bitch and moan that about anything that was made after 1976 you yeah know? Mm. <laughs> i think one of the fun things with it is it because it isn't the clean cut no it's definitely no, not who have got everything <laughs> under it's control and, you know yeah. they know what's going on and all the rest of it this is this is like you know most of the people that do the actual job yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things i do like about it in the last episode you have mariner pulling out the contraband that you saw her hiding in the first First episode. Yeah. And oh you mentioned the um throwback to the old cartoon. There was a picture of Kirk <laughs> yeah. and Spock. Yeah, but it was it was Kirk and Spock from the animated it was, series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's mentions of tribbles. Oh yeah. So what tribbles? Yeah, but the tribble, it was for personal use only. <laughs> yeah. One of my best lines is I've got to try to work out how to use it in every good conversation is he's more hopped up than a cue on Captain Picard Day. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. I have to say while I was watching this, I was sitting there thinking can they get these guys to do the animation for the Doctor Who episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a lot better than the animation oh. we've had for Doctor yeah, Who. It's a, it's a different beast. This it's, was it's totally different. This is a much a more comedy. Expensive. I mean, this yeah. is being done by the same guys that do Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. One, at least one mm. of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hey, said, quite a big budget per episode. Probably a couple of million or something. Oh, like yeah, episode. yeah. And they're only between 25 minutes and 29 minutes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. They're not long at all. I can watch two in my lunch yeah. hour. <laughs> I know, but I still would like them to do the animation. <laughs> we can know, dream. We can dream. It's interesting to me that some of the almost pastiches of Star Trek in recent years have been of next-gen era. Yeah. Mm. We've got this and we've got... Um, oh, what's, what's the Ted guys? Orville. 
yeah, the Orville. Uh, both are very next-gen inspired. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like that has now become the new nostalgia. Yeah. Well, how long ago was it? Don't, well, it don't was 30-odd years ago. I was just going to say, don't yeah. even think about well, it. We, it we, is, we, for, the, which, for the people that are writing it now, that is the nostalgia. We, we, we yeah. did have a mention of, um, from Ransom, you know, those scientists in the old days. Yeah. Those old scientists. <laughs> the TOS era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the TOS era. Yeah. Those old scientists. Because yeah. the, the people that were watching that at 13, 14, and now the producers, directors, they didn't see the original Star Trek unless it was on me runs yeah it's like when people talk about you know new who now i say it isn't new <laughs> it's been going now for 15 years or something yeah, oh, yeah. chuck something in there just a random thing i saw on facebook um it basically said um fans of old who are used <laughs> yes. to being told that they're really really old and they know it now it's time for fans of new who to make to feel really really old caitlin blackwood is the same age karen gillen was when she played amy pond wow, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> frightening how quickly yeah. time keeps moving but i i i, I thoroughly enjoy this i it thought they were so really cool. really funny i liked the different approach on it the, the different angle to star trek you know that it wasn't all straight laced and mm. and what have you. They've got so much material to work with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so many little references and things that which could lead to story ideas. And I think the fact that it was only half hour, it's an it's a nice encapsulation yeah. nice of, of an incident, so to speak. Yeah, I don't think it could survive being pushed out to a full hour or whatever. No, it no. wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same beast. Anyway, we would like to know what you chaps, chapesses, etc., think of lower decks. If you get to see it. When you get to see it. We we haven't seen it. But do write to us via show at staggeringstories.net. Woohoo! Don't forget the Facebook page. (laughs) Whose Facebook page? Staggering Stories Facebook page. What about his? Oh, yes. You gasp now, but you didn't think of him, did you? You had forgotten him. He was dead to you. Hello, head of Pertree. I have a question. What's that? Have you taken him into the shower? His head looks a hell... His it's head gone fluffy. more fluffy. He has, actually. Uh, no, I don't know why. <laughs> have you been working on him? He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cut that out. He has got fluffy hair. <laughs> he's got, he definitely is looks he, more bouffant. Is he plugged into something? <laughs> well, he's on the top of the light. Was that? Is he seeing someone and he spruced himself up? Oh, maybe. It's letters time. We've only received one. Oh, thank you. At least we've had one. We have, and it's from. Drum roll, please. I got. Naya. Yay! Naya says, "Hello, staggering storytellers," and she said it in that accent. Oh, really? This will be another skimpy feedback email because I don't want to give many spoilers. But I wanted. She isn't wearing much clothes. But I wanted. (laughs) Dudes. But I wanted to say Jean's right. Well. What? Nay is now dead Pardon? to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you should do some commentary on Lovecraft Country if you can see it. Do not try to binge watch it, not even for Halloween. Between the monsters, the brutal racism and the gallons of gore, it's not an easy watch. No. Heck, it makes Torchwood look like a kiddie show, but it's superbly done. Each episode leads the characters through different horror trope, monsters in the woods, 
body swap, haunted house, etc. And they work their way through the season arc and try to simply survive as black people in America. Highly recommended, but also a warning that it is very, very dark and gory. Mm. Mm. Right. We shall have to try to it, catch it is, that. It's it on is, Netflix, it's isn't it? On no, um, no, it's on Sky, Sky Atlantic. Atlantic. I have to say, it is a very, very difficult watch from the racist point of view. It really is because it's mm. it's set during the um, Jim Crow, yeah. yeah, coming in, yeah. But it's it's a good series. It's disturbing. Oh God, it's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Naya. We will take that one under advisement <laughs> and a blanket as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now it's over to Crumbly's Corner. Crumbly's Corner. Hello, Crumbly here. Sorry I can't be at this podcast, but I have a bumper edition of Crumbly's Corner for you all. So without further preamble, let's get started. Fury from the Deep is another one of the uh, Lost Patrick Charlton episodes Mm. that has been lovingly uh, recreated using the original soundtrack and CGI that has been rendered as cell-frame animation in a choice of either black and white or colour rendering. This is from the same team behind the uh, recreations of The Faceless Ones, The Macro Terror and The Power of the Daleks. The main characters are rendered in basic outline illustrations and I feel it does add a suitably retro feel to the animations. If you haven't seen it yet, spoiler music, spoiler music, shalalalala. Fury from the Deep features a gas pumping station on the coast being threatened by sentient seaweed bent on taking over humanity. Absolute time. The Doctor, Jamie and Victoria have to thwart it before all the staff are overwhelmed and taken over. Mm. A fate which has already afflicted some of the uh, offshore drilling rigs. All I can say is that Robson, who oversees operations at the plant, is a right grumpy old so-and-so. No wonder uh, the Doctor is frustrated by his constant uh, recalcitrant attitude. (laughs) The bad dentistry award for an animated character must go to Mr Quill, (laughs) one of the first humans to be subjugated by the seaweed. The most frightening thing about uh, Fury from the Deep is whenever he smiles, he and the Bond villain Jaws must have (laughs) have had a common ancestry. Going back to the animation, the characters may have been animated in a cell frame animation style, but the backgrounds were rendered beautifully. Oh, yeah. Namely, the gas pumping plant, shrouded in fog, the offshore drilling station that the helicopter lands on in the final episode. It wouldn't be a Planet 55 production without a few whimsies dotted throughout the episode, namely the recurring theme of the wanted poster of Robert Delgado's uh, master on the wall in the plant control room. Again, this is a story of firsts and lasts. Hmm. We see the first first appearance of the uh, sonic screwdriver mm-hmm. and lasts, as this is the final episode featuring Victoria as emotionally tired and drained from all the danger she has endured uh, <laughs> during her version. travels. She she decides to stay behind with Mr and Mrs uh, Harris from the plant. All in all, another commendable effort to watch. Moving on, yes, we at Staggering Stories are guilty of reviewing some of the campest 80s sci-fi and fantasy (laughs) movies over the past couple of months. From the Mad Max clone, Adventures in the uh, Forbidden Zone, to Hulk, (laughs) the Slayer, (laughs) to the strangely fascinating oiled torso of Mark Singer in Beastmaster. (laughs) And now we arrive at The Sword and the Sorcerer. A curious mixture of 80s kitsch and action that involves a man trying to regain the kingdom that was taken from him by the Lord Cromwell. <laughs> Why is it that all heroes' names have to be connected in some, in some way with birds of prey? We've had Hulk, <coughs> the Slayer, and now we have Talon, which I always thought was the name of a very good Eagles tribute band. <laughs> Talon saw his father, the king, executed by Cromwell and his kingdom snatched from him, but unbeknownst to Talon, Cromwell has enlisted the aid of an ancient uh, sorcerer, 
Zusha, to help him snuff out any opposition to his rule, Talon is forced to wander as an outcast for many years until he can muster enough support to win back his kingdom. One load of this motley crew are the unusually named Captain Morgan and his cohorts of coloureds. Not really the sort of thing you need in these racially charged and uh, BLM times. Eventually, Talon and his uh, rather cumbersome three-bladed jet-propelled sword (laughs) win the day. He gets his kingdom back and wins the hand and other bits of the fair princess and rides off into the sunset in pursuit of new adventures. Hmm. Even though it is another hefty slice of 80s cheese that we have served up, the sword and the saucer does have a surprising amount of gore on it. From the witch who summons Zusha back from the dead, having her heart ripped out, mm-hmm. to Cromwell's soldiers having their heads caved in with Talon's sword. Talon himself is not immune, as he is crucified by Cromwell's men and on display as a rather macabre table decoration, while Cromwell and his men feast below. The sorcerer Zusha makes a surprising and rather messy reappearance, erupting from his fleshy disguise of Cromwell's war chancellor <laughs> in order to get, he gets his revenge on his former master who had double-crossed him years ago. Out of all the 80s cheese we have laid before you, I feel that the Sword and the Sorcerer is a good representation of the uh, Sword and Sorcery genre, even though at times there is enough cheese and hammy acting to fill your lunchtime sandwiches. (laughs) And finally, I turn my attention to Star Trek uh, Lower Decks. Coming from the same uh, production team and animators as the iconic Rick and Morty, it is an irreverent but affectionate parody of Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and the whole Star Trek franchise at times. It is about four ensigns on board the USS Cerritos, a rather dilapidated Federation starship, which specialises in second contact situations. <laughs> All the paperwork, getting the name right for the Federation records, that sort of thing. Add to this a rather fractious crew and a command team who are just this side of a court-martial, and there you have it. The opening titles, while very much uh, in the uh, style of the next generation DS9 and Voyager, uh, set the tone for the show with scenes of the USS Cerritos clipping one of its warp nacelles on a nice planet or chicken out of a far, uh, firefight between bulk cubes and a fleet of Romulan warbirds or trying not to get sucked into a black hole. There have been uh, sort of Star Trek parodies in the past, the most notable being the Orville. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel the humour in the Orville can be rather understated, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks is very much more in your face and had me, had me uh, guffawing loudly at times, especially at the actions of the uh, Cerritos first officer, uh, Jack Ranton, <laughs> who has more than a hint of Futurama Zap Brannigan about him. Yes. yes. A second season has been commissioned, and I fervently hope there is a crossover with Rick and Morty. <laughs> who knows what those two would re- you know, what havoc those two would wreak on the US Anyway, I've come to the end of my ramblings for this podcast feedback. I shall be back hopefully for the next podcast. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Thank you. Thank you, Crumbly. I have to agree with Crumbles about the uh, Orville. I don't find the humour understated. I find the humour occasionally, quite often, misjudged. I found it telling that you mispronounced the Orville as the awful, which is what I thought it was. Well, you know, you'll have um, fart jokes, ha, 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 and then the next scene, someone's being ripped to pieces, which they don't, you (laughs) know... A little bit of a juxtaposition. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. The Orville's a different thing, really, although they use humour, really, as he also wants to make Star Trek. Oh, I I, I acknowledge that, but, you know, you either be one or the other. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the Orville. No, I really wouldn't bother. I quite like it. (laughs) And so, dear listener, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank God. But fear not. Oh, no. Don't say it. Next time there'll be more of the same. Don't say it. No. More fun, frivolity and jollity. You've said it, haven't you? More news and reviews. You've just gone ahead and say More who are you? It gives me hope for my life that I might be able to go on without this. (laughs) So... 
Until that D for dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Devastatingly debonair. Dromedary. That's very good. <laughs> Dashes. Daintily. Decadently. Towards us. Deliciously. This is me, fake Keith, saying... Divinely. Farewell. <laughs> Goodbye. Au revoir. Bye-bye. <laughs> You have been listening to Staggering Stories Podcast Series 1, Episode 352, featuring Adam Purcell, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the exclusive site. No copyright infringement is intended. And this has been an El Presidente and Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. I can never, I can never remember the name of the ship. Sirius, Sirius, Sirosis of the liver. No. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this, the latest in a in a frog in your throat. Yeah. Yeah, you poor thing. You, I said you were nearly sixty. You're actually going to be fifty-six. Wow. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm in that middle middle spot. I've got to sit down and try to work out how old I am. You're some six months ahead of me. Yeah. If if it's tens or it's fives, I know instantly. If it's in between there, I've got to work it out. 56. Oh, you're back to being five years older than me again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Only six months older than me. (laughs) We're very old, you know. (laughs) Shall we? Nothing. Are you going to introduce this then? Oh, yeah. Shall we do pest control first? Yes. Sorry. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> so when you do, when you smile, you're not when... important and you're pathetic. Ah, but I'm your husband and I'm your I... best friend and I'm the birthday boy. It's not your birthday. <laughs> you're too old for birthdays. You just sang happy birthday. To yeah, me. but that's because they made me. I've forgotten what I, my insult to you was. I was going to take it back. But I can't. A stain. You called me a stain. No, no, I mean just literally just now. <laughs> just calling you a stain was a bit harsh. It was harsh. It? it was very harsh. So, so you've just forgotten something that you thought of. Is that what you're trying yeah, to tell? Yeah, I, I know I just insulted Would you like a cup of tea, dear? We're going to go home in a minute, OK? I'm wet right? myself. OK. <laughs> the leather's all squidgy. <laughs> I will end you. <laughs> We're not recording. Yes, we are. <laughs> this is what these things are. They're yes, microphones. But we're not recording stuff you're going to want to transmit necessarily. Oh, there will be outtakes. There will be many outtakes. You sexually assaulting a straw. Yep. A plastic straw. Oh. You cow! Mine's gone all limp and moist. Mine I'm sorry, I'm 56 now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hence the intro. <laughs> Pee off! <laughs> I'm nearly returning them. Well, they're not both mine. You throw them, I'll only come back. That only come back. Oh, yeah, back. they are mine. <laughs> <laughs> And and I think I I need a little bit longer.